started our last uh, conversation with just a little bit of background. Um, we, we know that you've been in the league for, what is this, 15? What, what is this? 15, yeah. Man, that's a long stretch in, in, in any professional sport. So, you know, obviously there's some obstacles that you've had to overcome. So if you could kind of take us through that journey and, and how you've managed to stick around so long, we'd love to hear those stories. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of obstacles, a lot of obstacles uh, to keep it brief. Uh, I came in in 07. Um, you know, for me, I... I grew up in Maryland, DC area. Uh, and you say you talked to Will, so I'm about I'm about 45 minutes south of where Will is from. Um, kind of the same area, but not. Um, but it's a a county of Maryland. Um, been there my whole life. Never been outside of the uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia area until college. I get drafted in 07. I go to Seattle, Washington, probably the furthest city nba city at the time uh by myself and that in itself was an ob obstacle for me as far as growing up i was 20 when i was drafted so <clears throat> you know going into that situation being able to now be a grown-up you know something you you want when you're you know you're getting in you know 18 19 you know it's time to be a grown-up so for me it happened very quick and living in Seattle, um, having to do basically everything on my own uh, was was pretty tough. Secondly, uh, you know, we move after the first year, we go to OKC. Um, then it goes from, you know, a great city to a city that's developing, uh, per, you can say, um, to an NBA city, again, alone. Um, you know, so just being with myself and, you know, learning what it takes to be an adult for me was probably the toughest adjustment to going into the NBA. Um, then moving along probably in 2012, I had a health scare, which I had to put my NBA career on hold for a year. Um, I had heart surgery in 2012 um, and I missed the whole year. Um, that was probably the toughest obstacle I've ever been through in my life. Um, you know, gave me different perspectives on life, um, made me, you know, appreciate basketball, family, time in itself um, all the way. Uh, you know, it, it made me appreciate everything uh, way more, uh, the game of basketball. And, you know, just dealing with, you know, you know, everything as a young adult, you know, family, you know, the moving uh, this new life I'm embarking on, it was, it was a tough road, but, you know, it developed character uh, in the long run, uh, which made me who I am today. When we talked to Morgan and Wayne um, to set these interviews up, I'll just shoot straight with you. We, we asked to talk to players with grit. We, had, we wanted to talk to players that have been through some, through some things and overcome obstacles because this show and this podcast and everything that we're doing is speaking to young people um, that may be going through some tough times or have tough times ahead of them. Uh, so we want to uh, emphasize perseverance and, and overcoming things like that. And um, those were things I, I had no idea that you had been through. <laughs> um, that's tough. 
But, you know, it's, uh, I mean, the heart scare, I mean, it's something that, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's out there. Everybody, you know, it's been a story told, um, but, you know, it's, everybody just hears it, but they don't know, you know, the details of, you know, everything as far as, you know, I was probably diagnosed with, uh, uh, with the enlarged, you know, root of the valve probably my freshman year in college, but it wasn't, it didn't expand to the point they had to red flag it. So basically I go seven, six years of playing with physicals, with everything until it was, you know, red flag that I had to have surgery. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I was 25 at the time, you know, just reaching, you know, my peak uh, of, you know, trying to establish who I am in the NBA. And when I got the call, when I got the information, um, I only had one friend next to me who I grew up with. And, you know, I mean, like I started off, you know, it was, you know, being alone, you know, taking, you know, my life, my adulthood, you know, on track by myself, you know, but I had one friend there to console with. But, you know, it's something that, you know, that kind of just, change my outlook on life you know and you know it happens to all of it. it comes in different ways it comes you know in different forms and that was just my my eye-opening life experience that I probably needed at the time uh to really focus in on what I needed to do in life or what I needed to do in you know my, the rest of my career and touching people or you know impacting people you know while I play that could be going through the same thing yeah. But damn, a wake up call is a wake up call, but a heart, you know what I mean? Like, like, like that's the, you know, that's a, that's a message from God, you know, that's coming down from the heavens, right? That's that's more than a wake up call. Well, I mean, yeah, it is, it is more, but you know, you, in every obstacle, like you said, you always try to find, you know, the reason, you know, like, you know, I was blessed enough to have doctors, have people that you know reached out to the best doctors that gave me the opportunity to play again so now it's all right what's the purpose what's the the purpose of you know god giving me the second chance of you know who who am i here to impact who am i here to, to reach out to who am i here to touch with the words with the testimony whatever it is to help you know and, and that's where you know that the life-changing experience came from you know i never met anybody who had the surgery before you know i had it and then once I had it, it was like I was meeting somebody every week. And then I played in the NBA where the platform is even larger. So now it's the PSAs, it's the reaching out to people, talking to people, just having conversations with people. That's when it was like, okay, now I see a purpose. You know, it's the, the inspiration, it's the motivation that, you know, came from the surgery, you know, and I've been fine ever since. So, you know, it's, it's just finding that purpose. One more question probably about this. Um, so you said that you already knew like six years prior to your surgery that there was an enlarged um, valve. So while you were playing, was there any like precautions you had to take or were you under a certain scope or like how did that work? Did you just continue to go on your everyday life knowing that you had an enlarged valve or was there like still, were you still kind of on a tightrope with that? Uh, well, when I was informed of it in 07, um, it wasn't anything alarming. It was just like, oh, we see this in a lot of guys who, you know, 
grow to be, you know, this tall, you know, they gr probably grew too fast and, you know, this has happened. Like a lot of guys who get about six, nine, six, ten, they develop some type of, you know, whether it's a hole in our heart that it, it isn't, you know, serious. Um, so that's where that conversation stood and that's where it stopped. So the years after that, it was the regular checkups that you do before the season. I didn't have any, you know, um, any dietary stuff that I had to, you know, stand by or, you know, any, anything I had to really, you know, take notice each year that I had a physical, I just, you know, knew I had it. And, you know, I probably after a year of knowing it, I forgot because it wasn't, you know, told to me every year. So I was just, you know, going about my everyday life, you know, like nothing, nothing was wrong. There's a, um, even in, in, in doing this within the last hour, there's a cool thing that I've noticed, right? We have Bones on who's 21, right? And then we have Will on who's 31 and 35, right? And I'm seeing grown men, right? And I'm, I'm interested in hearing about growing up in the NBA, uh, the maturity, you know, that's gained, the life lessons, the business lessons, um, the things that you would pass down to Bones given the opportunity. Um, just just those different things because it's it's a different life than than I guess what you would call a civilian than you know the general public lives and um, you have to grow up fast so I, I'm, I'm interested in what the maturation process for you has been. I would say it's a different life. I think people microscope it in a way that it, it seems different but I mean you have different occupations that, that you know sometimes can make you know as much as some of the guys in the NBA make. Um, I think ours are just under a certain microscope because it's, it's their entertainment factor that, that comes in the everyday, you know, facet of, you know, basketball. And, but, you know, every occupation has what we go through, you know, the financial uh, problems that some guys go through or, you know, the, the betrayal by financial people. Um, but some of the information I try to, you know, just give down is something, some of the things that I've seen with my own eyes or some of the stuff that I've been told from my vets, you know, from when I was Bones age was, you know, always try to do it yourself. You know, know where the checks are going, know where the money's coming from, you know, learn how to say no, um, you name it. I've been told and I've tried to tell to the young guys. Um, but everybody has their own way of, you know, learning. Everybody has their own way of going about, you know, their their finances, their NBA life. But growing up in the NBA was, is, is some pros and cons. Um, you know, for me, I'm a big family person. I rarely see my family. Um, you know, my mom and my dad, they both live in Maryland. My sister lives in Maryland. My two nieces live in Maryland. Um, I rarely, rarely see them. I probably see them on a, on a season. I would probably see my mom probably twice, twice a year. I will see my dad probably a little bit more because he's able to travel and see some games, but that's a handful of times. I never see my nieces. I see them probably during spring break if, that, if we have a homestand. Um, that's been probably the toughest thing for me. And now, you know, 35 I have two kids, um, married, you know, 
the travel in and out, you know, seeing my, you know, my daughters here and there, you know, we travel a lot, you know, so growing up in NBA, it's, it's a lot of sacrifice. It's a lot of, you know, things you, you have to, you know, understand that you're going to be without and, you know, family's one of them, you know, and uh, it's been tough. It's been really rough, but, you know, that's the sacrifice it takes if you want to, you know, do great things. You have to, you know, make those sacrifices. Okay, so let's stay here a little bit. I'm interested to hear um, what are the, the three biggest lessons that you've learned in your in the past 15 years? The three things that... Say that one more time. Your three biggest lessons that you have learned in the past 15 years. In no particular order. I mean, you know what I mean? They don't have to be, it don't have to be the yeah. first, you know? <laughs> uh, for me is value and time. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, when I was young, I, I mean, I was just on the go, you know, it was, you know, being able to do whatever I want, you know, move how I want it. But now, you know, the family is valuing the time. Uh, we go to practice in the morning, we come back, you know, my kids are in school. Once they get from school, I'm there. I pick them up, I take them to school. Um, <clears throat> when we're away, once first day I come back, no matter what time I come back, I'm up early trying to get through the school. Um, you know, spending time, you know, tra traveling, trying to get my family here, trying to, you know, whether, like I said, you know, I don't see them much, so I try to, you know, buy the time with them. Um, you know, another thing is, um, for me, is, you know, learning, you know, the financial part, probably, you know, being entrepreneur is, you know, what a lot of people are trying to do now, is, you know, trying to, you know, really be, you know, man, you know, with the family, um, really trying to look after my own. Um, and definitely, you know, third was probably, you know, helping the community. That's something I'm really big at. I'm big in and, um, you know, back where I'm from. I love, you know, reaching out. I love, you know, volunteering. I love speaking, um, you know, giving the time again. Uh, so, you know, those are three things that I've learned over time as I got older. Uh, because when I was younger, it was just like, a, you know, I, I got all the time in the world, you know, world. you know, you're invincible. Yeah, I can do whatever. But as you get older, you know, you start to value, you know, little things like just uh, being in the NBA, like I, I value just, you know, going to practice. I value the drive to practice. I, drive, I value the conversations because I like I'm 15 years in. I mean, my my years are my window is closing. You know, and I'm, you know, mentally I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I put in the time, so I'm, I'm, I know it's closing. So, you know, I've met vets who retired and their one wishes, man, I should have, I should have just, you know, uh, you know, value that, you know, that conversation I had with the young fellow. I should have just valued the practices, the, you know, the bus rides, you know, and that's just my attitude, you know, each day, you know, the people I meet, you know, I try to value the time because, you know, one day from now, I mean, it could be gone. So, you know, the NBA is something that's been special to me. It's helped me in many ways. So, you know, I just try to value all that. China, don't don't let me forget to circle back around to financial literacy. Uh, okay. But but and I got a mind, I got a thought that's at the forefront of my mind. I need to get out because we talked to Bones and Will about um, their environment, right? And how that can shape you. 
and impact you, mm -hmm. whether it's a positive or negative impact that your environment can have on you. When you reflect on your adolescence and childhood, um, how, how has that um, impacted you uh, and, and growing up and whether that's a positive or negative way? And, and it's really important to me, the question, because um, I, I, I see there's a concentration, right, of talent from the East Coast and particularly from rougher cities, you know what I mean? And I've talked to, um, I've talked to some coaches that say, there's something about growing up with a little bit of edge, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that yeah. allows you to push through some things and make you, um, that you see in elite athletes that you don't see elsewhere. So just interested in, in, in how that's impacted you and if you have that edge and where it came from, those kind of things. Now, I wish my dad was here. He just left this morning because it all goes to him. Um, so my dad is, he's from Norfolk, Virginia, but grew, in, grew up in Southeast DC. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but when I was younger <clears throat> on the basketball edge, what he would do, it was outside. <clears throat> he would take me to the court on Saturdays, grown men. Mm. I'm like maybe 11, 12. You just go play. I wasn't able to call no files. I wasn't able to do anything, respond, nothing. It was, this is how you learn to grow through the toughness, through playing, through contact, playing physical, everything, it starts here. And that's how I started. And it shaped me to be the guy who don't complain, play through the contact. I mean, sometimes it's a little too much about play through injury, but it's like, you know, everybody be like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I have no reason to complain. Like, I can't complain. Why am I complaining? And that, that stems from when I was 12, when my dad throwing me on the, on the court, like, hey, play with these grown men. They're going to fire you. They're going to be tough with you. And that's what it's going to be. Like, my nickname was growing up was Big Baby because I was, obviously, I was, like, taller than, you know, the normal age of my age. But I was the baby playing with the grown folks. And that's where it all started. They gave me character, developed my character, and it, it helped me in the long run as far as, you know, when I got here, when I got to the NBA, I was 20 years old, you know, guys are grown. And the, the league is different now. Back then, it was a lot more bigs. Like, it was grown, strong men, and it was, all right, you're going to get in this situation. You're going to play through everything. You're not going to complain. And this is how you're going to get better. And it shows character. And even in the neighborhoods, like like I said, if Will, he's from Baltimore. I'm 45 minutes south of Baltimore. Pretty much the same kind of areas. And you grow up and you see a lot of things and, you know, it develops you. It, it helps form your character in life. You know, you, you've seen a lot, of, a lot of things growing up. And you know, we get to this life and it's like, nothing can really phase you. It's about just adapting. It's about just growing from it. It's about learning. And that's what I had to do when I got older is the learning and adapting because I already seen, you know, pretty much a lot of bad stuff, you know, growing up. So now it's about just, you know, learning from it, learning from those mistakes, learning from the stuff that I did when I was younger and growing from it and becoming a better person. I love that. Um, so I know John is not on this call with us, but I am just interested in hearing from you 
how how does that feel to like have him back in the same vicinity as you and has your guys' dynamic changed or stayed the same? Um, just give us a little bit of insight on that. Oh, it's definitely stayed the same. You know, that's he's like, you know, if any closer to blood, that's like uh, my family. Um, it's amazing to, you know, be in the same realm, the, you know, the same office, the, you know, the same league, the, you know, everything in the same group on the NBA level. Cause you know, in college, you know, roommate, freshman year, roommate, junior year, that's all we talked about, you know, playing in the NBA, you know, we never talked about being on the same team, but, you know, just getting to this level any way we could, you know, making a change any way we could. And to have him on, you know, the you know NBA office side, I'm still playing. You know, our relationship still hasn't changed. We talk every day. You know, I talk to his family, talk to mine. He's over here. He sees my girls, uh, my daughters. You know, our, our dynamic hasn't changed. It's just on a bigger scale. And, you know, we, till this day, we come, we still try to brainstorm ways that we can help, you know, whether that's, you know, back at Georgetown, whether it's back in his community my community, the community here in Denver. Um, and that's what it's all about. You know, those friendships that, you know, that grow, that stay strong and that's able to, you know, impact lives, you know, and we're doing it together. And to be on this stage, uh, it's a blessing. And, you know, that's, that's, that's my, that's my brother, man. And, you know, to see him doing so well, uh, you know, on that stage and seeing where he can take it and what he can do with it. You know, I'm I'm glad I'm I'm able to see it firsthand here. You know, you know, here in Denver. Man, I'm thinking that if that was me, I would I would test our relationship sometime. You know what I mean? Like I would go in and <laughs> put my feet up on this desk and just get hey, say, bro, so what's happening? You know what I mean? Like like y'all partners, right? You know what I mean? Like you you ever push the envelope a little bit with him? Like you know what you gonna do? Uh <laughs> nah, I just you know this is you know he only a couple years in you know I I wouldn't rookie haze him a little bit but you know I'm I'm gonna stay smooth with I'm gonna just you know try to help him understand you know because I've been doing 15 years so I know I kind of seen both ways so you know for me it's all about just helping him you know I will give him you know some grief here and there but you know it's, it, it it's opening his eyes as well and when it does that's when I was like man welcome you know you know this is what's all. About about you're gonna see a lot of different things so you know embrace it I, we earmarked the, the financial literacy piece that's one of the things that uh has been huge in our community huge in the in the podcast community and uh we're trying to figure out how we can reach young people in our community here at athletics and beyond so um i did a uh, uh had a conversation with ryan harris he played with the broncos when they won the super bowl a few years back and he talked about messing the money up right and being grateful for being able to actually stay in the league long enough to recover from that, mm -hmm. right? 15 years is a long time, right? So not to get into your personal story, but how much of that do you see? You know, how, how much of that, um, you know, if you want to share any experience of those, like those, but it's just, it's not common that you actually get a second chance mm -hmm. after you have screwed up pretty bad yeah. so so for me like i'm big into nba history like i i love i love the game i watched it as a young kid so you would hear the stories you know anton walker the investments in the condos you know losing all his money um you know the trust rewell um you hear the stories eddie carey like you hear 
And for me, it kind of shook me. So when I first got in the league, I was on a budget. I'm like, man, look, I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm just trying to stay in this joint to the point where, you know, if it if it's five years, I'm solid. If it's 10 years, I'm solid. If it's two years, I'm solid. So my first couple, I'm going to say my first six years, I put myself on a budget and I was a little bit, you know, hesitant as far as the investment tip, as far as what I'm going to put my money in because of the stories I heard. So I was already aware of some of the misfortunes that you can have if you're not, you know, educated on a lot of the financial investments or, you know, <clears throat> you know, putting your money in, you know, buildings or stores. You know, I was already aware of that based off just the history of just guys in the NBA. And you would hear it in a locker room. So for me, I was scared. It wasn't until probably the last five, five or six years where I was like, okay, I think I've been in the league long enough where I saved enough from budgeting, you know, from, you know, making sure my family straight first and then, you know, came me and then it's all right, I'm cool now. All right. I saved enough where I can be like, all right, maybe I can put a little, little bit in this pot, a little bit in this pot. So my financial risk wasn't as big probably as some guys who was like, all right, I'm going all in. I like your idea and let's do it. And then it's gone. You know, so based off history, I was like, man, look, I ain't doing it. I'm cool. I'm going to let my money just sit a little bit, gain a little, you know, 2% interest in the bank. Like, I'm cool. You know, but when I get a little older, if I make it there, maybe. But I got to educate myself first. So that's how I was. You know, so thanks to the history of the NBA and the guys telling their story, so like the guy from Denver, you know, him sharing his story can help the next football player who comes in. So like the stories of Anton Walker, Eddie Carey, Latrell Sprewell, them telling their story, it helped me. So now I'm aware of guys, hey man, I got this apartment building over in, you know, Southeast DC. What do you think? No, I'm good. Oh, I got this apartment. No, I'm I'm okay. You know, I, let me, you know, get let me get settled in this first. So I waited. So it, and it helped me. So I think for a lot of guys, it's about patience and educating yourself because, you know, don't be quick to, you know, thinking, oh, I can make a change. But then, you know, that change might just be somebody who, you know, is in, in a, you know, trying to benefit from you, but not trying to, you know, benefit for the community. It's about just, all right, let me take this money and run with it, see what happened. Oh, it didn't work out. Oh, that's your money, not mine. So I'm cool. So I was, you know, for me, it was about just being patient and just listening. Because, I, you know, if I wouldn't listen, I mean, who knows where my investments would be now. He, he shared a story with me. He said uh, he had a teammate that bought a Porsche, which was all fine and good, but not considering where you lived at, you know what I mean? You got to buy winter tires for the Porsche, oil change for the Porsche. Hey, man, we got a lot of salt and gravel in Denver, man. Like, that may not be the move in Denver, you know what I mean? Like, so how many times do you see people not considering their they surroundings when they're making their decisions? Like, hey man, you didn't think about the $2,000 tire for that Porsche, you know what I mean? No, I, I'm not gonna lie. My biggest, my out of my whole career, my biggest vice was cars. Like, uh, before I met my wife, uh, before I got in any relationship, like it was, you know, all right, I love cars. I didn't even have a house. Like I, I live with my dad. I bought my dad a condo my first year and we lived together for my first six years uh, during the summer. But I would just, 
I would get her car. I had probably three cars. Now that I think about it, it's like, why would I have three cars? One, two would sit, and I'll be driving one. Like you said, I, I played at the time I was in Boston. So Boston is similar to Denver, but it's pro- it probably it's probably colder and it snows probably a little bit more. So, and I had a, a two-door Bentley and it was like, I can't even drive this. So it's sitting in a garage. So it was, that's the perfect example. It's like, you know, the surroundings, you know, I'm spending all this money in this car. It's sitting eight months out of the year, but I'm paying this much. At the time I was like, I don't care. But now I think about it, I was like, that was so stupid. But now like my life is very simple. Now I got one car and it's an SUV. I can drive it in the winter and I can drive it in the summer. There you go. And that's where I'm at. And I'm like, it doesn't like, I mean, but you, I mean, that's, that's what I said earlier about, you know, sometimes you got to allow people to just grow. You got to allow people to just go through their mistakes. And that was mine, you know, and I grew from that over time. It was like, Jeff, why are you doing this? You shouldn't be getting three cars. And I'm not going to lie. When I met my wife, she was the first one. was like, why do you have this? Why do you have? And I'm like, what do you mean why I have this? I mean, I work hard. And she was like, yeah, all right, you'll see. And I'm like, all right. And now I was like, you know, you you might have been right. Like, that's you like know, having those three cars, you know. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> so I was happy. I was like, you you knew for the jump. That's why, that's why I love you. That's why I like you. That's why I like you. So, you know, it worked out. But, you know, everybody, you know, has to go through their, their own their own pathways of, you know, trying to figure their own life out and figure out where they did wrong, where they messed up and how they can fix it. But, you know, as they go back to what you said, being a 15-year vet and having a guy like Bones who's 21, my job is to inform you, oh, this is what I went through. This is what I've, I've done. And you can take the information. You can do what you want with it. And, you know, now it's on you. So that's that's how that's how it's been. That's that's how I like it. And you know, you, you grow fast. You grow fast when you learn from learn from it all, especially quick quickly. So yeah. Well, I, I thank you for taking the time and and obviously just a, a ton of knowledge and wisdom that you dropped on us. Uh, we're going to kind of transition um, to a community conversation with uh, Wayne and. Morgan, um, but I do want to allow you a, a few moments to talk about things that may be going on in your community or, or things that are near and dear to your heart, um, just in, in terms of what's going on with young people and maybe even things that you'd like to do after you're done with the NBA. Uh, well, I mean, in my community, you know, back home in Maryland, you know, for me, it's all about just trying to, you know, impact and inspire. Um, you know, I have, you know, all my my relative, all my family, friends is that are there. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, I reach out to them, you know, the kids, you know, in my high school, uh, my nephews who goes to the same high school I went to, uh, it's all about impacting them, trying to figure out what they want to do and do in life and how, you know, my story and how my resources can kind of, you know, help them get to where they need to be. Um, you know, and for me, that's what it's all about. It's about just giving back. You know, I'm not, I'm not a guy who, you know, is in the limelight about doing all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, I try to do it in a way where, you know, it's impactful as far as giving my time, you know, them seeing my face, um, you know, and the community is very important to me. 
because, you know, I like to see where I came from grow a little bit more than when I was there. So, you know, if I could do that any way I can, as far as, you know, for me, it's education. Because I know edu I had a teacher <clears throat> when I was in high school was saying, because I was so like into basketball, just basketball, basketball, basketball. And my grades weren't the greatest. And Mr. Benjamin, I'll never forget him. He pulled me aside. He said, I want you to remember this. The material stuff you collect from this basketball, people can take away. But the knowledge that you gain from these books, from history, that's something that nobody can take away. And that's something that always stuck with me. So for me, it's about just trying to, you know, get the youth ingrained in, you know, the knowledge, the history of whatever they want to do, whatever occupation, whatever it is, you know, just the history, the knowledge of where they're from, um, because that's something that's going to stick with you. Um, so that's something that, you know, for me that I'm very passionate about. And like you said, that is, and to answer your question about after basketball, I definitely want to try to get into the front office. Maybe I'll be next to John. You never know. Maybe he get a you know president job and you know he give me a job. But no, I think I... for me, it's about just having a voice. Yeah, <laughs> a voice in you know on the office side as a player, a guy who's played. I mean, if I stop now, fifteen years that have seen everything in the NBA. Somebody who has you know been through everything in the NBA. Um, you know, to have that voice on that side that also help the guys who haven't played us, you know, in the NBA offices, that they can see it from a different light. Um, so, you know, that's my goal. Um, when I start searching, I'm not sure. You know, for me, I still have a lot of years left to play. So um, we'll see when that time comes.